Ladies and gentlemen, the house is now open, and featuring with me tonight is my comedy partner in crime. I have known him from university, been a part of short films with him, and he is just a wonderful chappy. It is Daniel. How are you, Dan? I'm good, thank you, Scott. Thank you for having me. Thank you for calling me chappy. That's what my dad calls me. <laughs> oh, is it? But that's his nickname Aww. for me, chappy. Yeah, Aww. I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's all good, man. Like a... I basically see this as a good way for us to have a catch up and just express our creative sides, especially during this lockdown and everything. First of all, I just got to ask you, how are you doing? You okay, personally? I'm okay. Yes, I'm. Um, I'm. But well, as as we all have, we've ha- been having a rough time. But um, yeah, I'm. I'm good. I'm getting better. Um, That's good. been going through some other stuff. Uh, as as you know. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm sort of getting better. Like we were talking about before we started recording, I feel like this third lockdown in Wales is like the film in a trilogy that nobody likes at all. Whereas like the first two were bearable and somewhat watchable. <laughs> this third lockdown is just the worst of the bunch. It is. It is. Yes. What? But what can we do? But hopefully, you know, with, you know, vaccines on the way and stuff, it's uh, some, some of my family have got their first vaccines already. So, but yeah, how are you? <laughs> I'm all right. Am I allowed to I, ask still... how you are, how the host is? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I mean, everyone has their ups and downs, don't they? But like you said, like it's the same with everyone. We're all in the same situation. I'm still bald, so that's not changing. I can see. I remember when you had hair. <laughs> in fact, uh, you don't have to recu- record this on your podcast, but I just remembered. Uh, you crack on. This, this, it's live, man. We're doing. It's not live. We're not live. <laughs> Matt, Nick, and I uh, a couple of months ago, we rewatched Wenglish together uh, via Zoom as well, um, and we did record it. So if you want a copy of us watching it, you can. <laughs> you can ask Matt. But I think you had hair in that. And I was like, oh my God, Scott with hair. It was weird. 2013, I believe it was. Yeah, it was just at the end of our first year of university. It's funny you mention this because I was talking with Melissa on the previous episode. Um, For those of you listening, Melissa is a friend of both me and Daniel and a former housemate in Glanant Road in Kamala. Hi, Mel. (laughs) Hi, Mel. Love from me and Daniel. Uh, But the thing was, I was telling her, because obviously we were in a production together, and I talked about the first time I had to shave my head, which was for Medea. As I was shaving my head at home, my electric razor ran out of battery, so and I decided to cut the top bit, so I looked like blimmin' Igor, some mad scientist sort of character. You pulled that look off, though. You looked a lot like um, the Breaking Bad man, whose name I can't remember. Oh, Walter White. Walter White, that's it, yeah. People just shouted at me, are you the one who knocks? Well, I wasn't planning on coming in, but I could knock if you want. <laughs> you should have had my room, because I had that post on my room door, if you remember, in Glanant Road. Oh, why did we not take a picture of me and that poster together? Oh, we... Shame, but no. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, before we get started, Dan, like I do with all my guests on the show, I like to do a little round of Would You Rather. These are just like quick fire questions. You can give an explanation if you want on which one you'd rather. But I don't want you to have a panic attack about this because every episode I mean, I try not this, <laughs> people always get really anxious when they're thinking, oh, I don't know which one to choose. I don't. It's like you're not rejecting any of them. It's just which one you would rather have now. But I can I'll give an expl- explanation if I want to. It's entirely up to you. We got all day. Or 10 hours, according to your um, recording. According to my phone, yeah, we've got 10 hours. So, I mean, we might as well. (laughs) Would you rather 
a Domino's or a Papa John's pizza? Without a doubt, a Domino's. <laughs> Without a doubt, Domino's. Any wrap-up party after filming? It's like any nights in between filming? Domino's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you, you, me, and Claire had Domino's in my lounge, I remember. And that was another part of the Wenglish um, recording process. Papa John's is closer to me than the Domino's in Caerphilly, but I prefer Domino's. Seems to be a common preference among people. And the next question is... Now, don't stress out about this, Dan. I'm warning you in advance. You're not rejecting any of them. Just which one you'd rather watch right now? Uncle Albert or Grandad Trotter from Holy Fools and Horses? What a question. Oh, my goodness me. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to say Grandad because I think, yeah, Grandad. Well, I'd have to think twice. For some reason, the other day, I, I don't know what I was doing. I think I was about to do yoga or making a cup of tea or something like that. Um, I just oh, okay. started randomly saying lines from the um, Who's a Pretty Boy episode. Nice. I was like, I'll give you 45 pounds. Okay, take the canary. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only person who does that. Like, whenever I'm just, like, around just doing something, like, trying to kill time, I will literally say out loud lines from classic shows like Old Fools and Horses or classic films. So I'm just, I'm glad I'm not the only one that does that in my house. Good. <laughs> but, yeah, Grandad, I think. As you mentioned yoga, what would you prefer doing right now? Running or yoga? Oh, Oh, right what right this minute right this minute uh probably running because i've already done yoga today <laughs> star wars or star trek oh without a doubt star trek ways of traveling plane or train oh good question um do i prefer a train or a plane well i mean in these current times i would say probably you know a train because at least then, <laughs> if somebody came and sat That's next to me, I could just, just get stay up and... within the, the country at least. Yeah, they'll stay in the country, yeah, so I'd have to quarantine for 40 odd days or whatever. Not 40 days, 14 days. Although the way things are going, it might be. It's like, oh, you got to quarantine for 40 days. It's like, oh. You've got to quarantine for a whole year. <laughs> a whole year. <laughs> I would probably say train, actually, because I, yeah, I prefer trains to. I like trains. Friends? Or the Big Bang Theory? Friends. It was weird with Big Bang Theory. I kind of stopped. I kind of lost interest after about season four. But uh, yeah, Friends. It's got to be Friends. They were good questions. Right I enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed that, man. And I'm just glad you felt at ease doing it. Yes. So remember, guys, if you are coming on this podcast, relax. It's a bit of fun. Don't stress. <laughs> For those of you who are new to the podcast, the essential concept is that me and Daniel are going to be part of a metaphorical audition process where we have to decide whether things from the performing arts industry or anything to do with the arts gets rejected or recalled. So, Daniel, do you have things that make you feel angry? Oh, I don't know why. I'm just shaking my hands like Wallace is like, oh, cheese. Yes, I have prepared. So I, I was on my run the other day and I thought of two things. And then you were like, oh, you need three things. So I have my third thing, by the way. Sorry, you said that. I just like got this image of you like going on a run with like a notepad. It's like, oh, I got to think of what, what, what am I doing? What am I going to add? <laughs> I, do my I do my best thinking on a run. I don't know why. <laughs> I just do. We are about to find out what are some of the pet peeves that Daniel has about the arts industry, and some of you might agree, some of you may disagree, but that's why we're here. So, Daniel, without further ado, 
would you please tell us what is auditioning for us first and why are you rejecting it from the business? Well, my first thing, talking of auditions, is auditions. <laughs> Specifically, like, fi finding um, acting work and finding auditions. Like, things like, I can't remember the current name for it because I haven't been on it for so long, but it used to be Casting Called Pro. Oh, yeah, it's called Mandy now. Mandy, yes. I've got some bullet points. So, number one, they're just really hard to find, like auditions that you, you you know you'd be scrolling for ages and to find a good audition you could just never for me personally i could never find like auditions that like or you know or like acting jobs that um i could apply for it's like they always seem to be like oh we need dancers for this or we need you know people to go on a cruise ship for this and sing and i'm like well i'm not a singer or i'm not a dancer and like no matter how much you like you know <laughs> Uh, you know, you've got like the filters, you can filter like the acting, yeah. you know, and no matter how much you do that, you can never find decent. I'll be like scrolling through casting called Pro or Mandy Actors, as it's now called. You can't seem to find decent ones that you think you'd be good for. And then when you do find one that you'd be good for, it's like, oh, you can't apply for this because you're not in the right age range. I do totally agree with you about casting calls, especially like the ones that aren't necessarily filtered for you. There is a filter you can apply, but for some reason, I still get casting calls through my email saying, we need someone who can ride a pet low, who is seven foot tall and has a full head of hair. I am none of those things. So why is this email coming through to me when I've specifically put a height filter, a hair filter or lack of hair filter and my skill set? So I find it's like with these websites like Mandy, like Star Now, casting now and all these sort of things they always send you really baffling things that just don't appeal to you and like also as well with things like stand out and stuff it's like oh you can look at this job but to apply for it you have to pay and it's like oh for goodness sake what's the point I of what is the point of advertising an acting job what is the point of advertising an acting job and then like making me pay for it it's like actors and performers and people in the arts are struggling anyway, even before this coronavirus pandemic started. It's like, well, we don't have much money to pay for anyway. Oh, yeah, by the way, you've got to pay to sign up for this thing to apply for this audition you may or may not get. I'm like, And then you've got to, like, you've got to pay to look at the uh, acting job, pay to, you know, apply for the acting job. You've got to pay to go to the audition. It's like, oh, for goodness sake. Yeah, just take my blood. You and I live in Wales, and, like, a lot of the stuff at the moment is, like... Uh, you, well, not at the moment. Used to be like <laughs> before coronavirus. Uh, was like yeah, Lon yeah, London or you know Birmingham or whatever. There wasn't that much in Wales, and it's like you know unless you were happy to travel every so often or had a car or whatever. I always tried to find stuff that I could easily get to, if that makes sense. A lot of the time, it's like well, you apply for an acting job, and the day after you have to go to the audition. So it's like that. That's another one of my bullet points. You have to like go on short notice. And it's like, it's fine if it's like in Wales or like Bristol, because it's like yeah. not that far. But like if it's in London, you've got to like plan a megabus or National Express, like, you know, pretty much straight away else, you know. Do you know what I mean? So the short notice is my second bullet point. Just about auditions in general. I should have titled it Finding Acting Work. If it was just auditions like we were putting in as the category, I would say I'd give it a recall just because I think, well, obviously auditions are a really handy tool, for, especially for people to see you act before. But now that we've um, established that it's more about trying to find acting work, I highly recommend that this does get a rejection because 
Like, everyone's probably going to turn around after this episode and say, oh, well, well, it shouldn't be too hard as long as you've got an agent and all that. It's like, yeah, but what about the actors who don't have agents and the actors who are trying to find their own work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as well, it's kind of like going on the, you know, short notice and travel thing. It's, it's just so annoying because it's like, you say, for instance, you know, you get a job audition, you know, in London or... Say, for example, Wolverhampton, because I had to do a couple of auditions in Wolverhampton um, for various jobs. If you book a train to London, you could literally easily get it from Cardiff to London. But booking a train to Wolverhampton, it's like, you know, you've got to change at Birmingham and then change here and there and everywhere. And it's like, for something, I'm just going there for five minutes. It's a hell of a lot of preparation to do in a couple of hours. Like, do you know what I mean? I totally agree with you. And I have had situations where, like, my agents have said, like, oh, I've got an audition for you, but you've got to be... And sometimes this will be at like 10 o'clock in the evening. It's like, oh, you have to be in London for 7 o'clock tomorrow. I'm like, why are you telling me this now? Like, I know I know some people are last minute and everything, but surely they must take into consideration the fact like, okay, I don't live in London. I don't drive. Like you say with Wolverhampton, it's like you've got to have all these changes on a train or you've got to book a mega bus or something like that. And it's just... It's so inconvenient. So, like, I definitely agree with the fact, like, last-minute auditions that come through to you and the irrelevant... I just find in acting work in general, I think. Yeah, yeah, irrelevant stuff that you're not going to even remotely be considered for. You know, like, how you go to an audition and you could have so easily have just done a self-tape if you, like, live far away. (laughs) It's like, I could have just done a self-tape. Have you ever had that where you go to an audition and go... I could have done a self-tape for that. One audition I can think of at the top of my head was for Network 3. It's just the same with commercial auditions anyway. They don't last very long. You might be in there for about two minutes if you're lucky. And then I'm just thinking to myself, why did I spend all this money? Side tangent for you. If you want to have a listen, go onto my YouTube channel separate to the podcast, The Auburn Phoenix. I do this other video series called T-Stories. And there's a whole video where I talk about my experiences of going to an audition in London on a bank holiday for a commercial job. I still haven't forgiven National Express for all the pain they caused me. But I know what you mean about commercial auditions, though, because I had a similar thing where I kind of um, it was in London like the next day. So I I had to hastily organise a train. But luckily it was in London, so I could just do Cardiff to London. Um, and I can't remember what it was for, but I think it was like some sort of hostel company. You know what a hostel is. Okay. Um, yeah, I know. So I'll get into the centre of London and then I have to like find my way to this sort of studio place in London. This is the other thing as well. When you're, trained, when you're coming from far away and you're trained delayed and it's like your, your slot is at like 10 o'clock in the, or 7 o'clock in the morning. It's like, oh, for goodness sake. But basically, my train was delayed, so I didn't have time to like go for a wee or anything. <laughs> So oh, I turned nightmare. up to this. I turned up to this audition, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, <laughs> so sorry, I'm a bit late." Um, my train was delayed. He was like, "Oh no, no worries, no worries." Uh, and then you know how before, like you do the audition, you have to fill in like this form, you know, your measurements and your blah blah blah. Can you fill this in? I was like, "Oh no, I can't, sorry." And um, where's the toilet? And he was like, "What? What do you mean? Your your, your slots in like ten minutes? You need to do this?" And I was like, "Oh no, I'm really bursting for a week." So I was quite I was quite cheeky and had the audacity to. He was annoyed that I needed a wee, basically. He got quite annoyed at me. I'm like, well, I'm bursting for a wee. And he was like, oh, well, okay, if you must. And it's like... You've travelled all that way just to do an audition. Your train's delayed, which is something that was out of your control. And you're rushing around, trying to make a deadline. The least he could have said is like, 
yeah, that's absolutely fine. No worries. And I'm, I'm, I know there's loads of people I have to get through the auditions, but what would you rather? Let somebody go f um, to the toilet, or here's my audition. I'm going to piss on your script. And then, annoyingly, I found out that um, Ch uh, Charlie Sheen was meant to be part of like that actual advert. Uh, I was like, oh, that's okay. That's that's interesting. And then I was on the train coming back from my um, my my slot, literally like an hour later, because um, I ain't hanging around in London. Um, and I get an email saying, oh yeah, we'd like you to have, you know, we'd pencil you in for the um, job. And I was like, oh great, I'm going to get to work with Charlie Sheen. And then like I heard nothing again with acting jobs. You hear nothing until like five minutes before um, uh, to say, oh yeah, we've gone with somebody else. I'm like, oh great. I wanted to work with Charlie Sheen. I've got some like auditions from hell though stories. Am I allowed to say some stories? Cause... Dude, the floor is yours. You say whatever you want, man. This is another audition that happened in London, and it was for a. I think it was for a. It was definitely a tour, and I think it was a Christmas. It wasn't a pantomime. I think it was just a tour that was taking place around Christmas time. And for some reason, I couldn't get a direct train to London. I think I had to change at Reading or something like that. Anyway, so um, have you ever heard of like uh, things like tickety split or, um, you know, you can split your tickets, basically? I, I do know what you mean. Like you can use it um, for in different circumstances, like say, no, if a train gets cancelled or whatever. Just splits your journey up so you pay less, basically. But the thing it doesn't take into account is like the changeover times. I get into Reading and I was like, oh, I've only got like two minutes. So I had to run from like train from Cardiff to arrived in Reading platform and then I had to find another platform in Reading State because Reading Station is quite big for Reading I, I find anyway um so that's me running to this other train that takes me into London part of London I don't know where then I had to change from that train to like an underground train again and I only had like two minutes to spare but the train from Reading to London was delayed for some reason it just stopped halfway through the journey I was like oh for goodness sake I'm gonna miss this tube so then I get into the platform <laughs> platform that I needed in London to get this train but then I find that I have to go up some steps across the walkway bridge and then down to the other place well basically um on that train I thought oh, I'll just quickly you know go through the things that I need to do for this audition so I get things like my iPad and some bits of you know, paper that they sent beforehand out of my bag. I just have a quick look through. I'm not going to have time when I get to my audition because I've been delayed. Anyway, so then um, I thought, oh, you know, the platform, uh, the, the station is, you know, coming up now, so I better get up. But in my haste, I probably forgot to do my bag up. So I, I put my bag on my back and I thought, I'm, I'm going to have to run. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to run from this train. <laughs> Sorry, I can't, I can't, I can't say that laughing. I'm going to have to run from this train up some steps and to the other platform um, because I'm going I'm to miss it otherwise. And bearing in mind, this is at like eight o'clock in the morning on a busy in a busy London station, you know, with a lot of commuters going to their normal jobs. So I thought I'll, I'll get up now. Um, I'll go to the door. So I'm first off the train. Luckily, I was. But then I was running. <laughs> I was running down past the train past, you know, obviously people in that were staying on the train could see me running. Um, and all of a sudden, I felt, I felt something hard hit the back of my foot. And I was like, oh, that hurt. What was that? I looked around and my iPad had jumped out of my bag, along with the rest of the contents of my bag. All of them, like, literally nothing stayed in my bag. Everything had fallen out on the platform. I must have looked like a right wally. <laughs> so, yeah, my iPad, the bits of script that I had to learn, um, you know, sheet music for the songs, the, the bottles of water, um, you know, the spare 
pair of clothes or whatever I had in there. I had, you know, you, you, when you take stuff to prepare or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, all of that just on this random platform in London with like a train full of commuters looking at me. Yeah. So then I obviously had to go back and I just, I just, I, I made the train with like 10 seconds to spare. Like it was. It all comes yeah. back to the fact like auditions are so inconvenient sometimes, like especially at the last minute ones. Like if you're a big production and you're paying all of this money and all that, and you are asking actors from people outside of London, couldn't you have a day where you have auditions maybe nearer to Wales or Scotland or something like that. I mean, Cardiff is the capital of Wales, so, I mean, and that's a big hub for the arts, so why not have an audition day where people could just go there and then they can, if okay, if you want to do a recall with them, fine, set up a day just in London, but give people enough time for it. Because things like Chapter Arts Centre, that's what, that's what it's for, like, you know... <laughs> That's one of the reasons it's there. Um, I have another audition from hell, if that's okay. You crack on. Uh, this was for a um, another tour, but this was for like... Um, uh, I really wanted this one because it seemed it sounded like a fun. It was like a murder mystery, but like a, a tour version of it. And like we'd be traveling around in this big tour bus. And yeah, it, the, the premise of it sounded really good. Um, there's been a murder. There's been a murder. But apparently the guy who... Um, this is a side tangent note. Apparently the guy who like created this murder mystery tour thing was on Dragon's Den with it. like, oh. And he got the funding apparently from Dragon's Den. I can't remember the name. Fair he didn't play. ask me the name. Because <laughs> I remember I had to get the train from Bur- uh, to Cardiff to Birmingham and then Birmingham to Wolverhampton and then Wolverhampton to somewhere else, which was in the middle of nowhere. It was just a random train station. Um and then the actual audition was in some sort of, well, it wasn't a golf club. It was some sort of, it was basically like a Premier Inn, but like not a Premier Inn, like a like a Hilton hotel or something like that. I don't know. So like that was a nightmare to get to um, just because of all the change. I hate, I hate change changes. I'd rather get a direct train. I hate it. It's so annoying. There was a lot of people. And I think like the, the guy who was, um, or the company who was doing the audition, just overbooked the amount of people who came to audition because... There was meant to be a morning session and an afternoon session and you'd each have like a 15 minute slot. And I, So I was meant to have like a half one slot. So at least I was lucky enough to have the morning to get to the actual um, place. Uh, it was just still a nightmare to get to. Anyway, I get there and they're like, um, we're running a couple of minutes behind. I was like, oh, OK, fair enough. Uh, so I just sat in this room with other actors, you know, and it was boiling hot day anyway because it was in summer and I had to wear like um smart clothing like business night clothing so I basically had a suit on and a coat the room didn't have air conditioning either so I was like boiling hot and sweating and I was like oh for goodness sake goodness sake and because I obviously I got there after some other people there, there was nowhere else to sit so basically I, I was standing for a long time um and it gets to half one I thought oh okay uh, you know it'll be my it will be my turn soon nope Basically, they were still doing the morning session, people. And I was waiting so long, Scott. Like, honestly, I was waiting so long and it just went on and on and on and on. And like my phone was running out of battery because I was on it for so long. Half two came, half three came, four o'clock came. People were actually leaving the audition before their slot because they had booked travel back home. People like me. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to miss my train home otherwise. Like, I, I need to have, if I if it doesn't, if it gets to five o'clock and I haven't had my slot, I'm going to have to go because I'm going to like not get back to Wales. So um, it was, it was crap, man. I, I was waiting there and I had a banging headache. My phone was about to die. 
um i'd finished all my water and i was like i don't know where to get some water what if i go to like because there was a cafe in the place but like it was it was a bit of a walk away from the audition room i was like well i don't want to go and get you know some water and then for them to call my name so i was like oh i'm thirsty i'm you know tired i want to go home <laughs> like and like three hours after my actual slot still haven't been called luckily i did get called before uh, i had to go all i had to basically do is like read some lines from a script and that was it i was in there like five minutes I waited Again, over, over three hours after my actual slot to just, and, and to, I didn't get the job anyway. <laughs> so it just goes back to the point that you were saying earlier. It's like these things could have easily did, been done over Skype or Zoom, for example. Like they, they record in HD. I could have easily done I, a self tape for it. But the fact that you were saying that people were actually leaving before they actually got seen, I think that's just disgusting. I understand things come up, and like you have to run over or like something it might have been something that was out of their control i don't know but i would say that they should get some reimbursement for that because you've taken time out of your day to travel to an audition which like we say we could have done over a video chat or anything like it like what we're doing now but yeah it would have saved so much time money effort anxiety so many more things and it would have saved booking out a venue absolutely absolutely yeah it was terrible like because like some people were even asking if they could asking other actors if they could go before them to so they yeah. could still have their be seen and have their slot but it just wasn't happening and i just felt so sorry for people i was like i'm gonna be one of these people because if it gets to five o'clock and i've not been called i'm gonna have to go because if i miss that train i'm gonna have to pay more money to get another train i can't I can't use my train ticket on a later train. Do you know what I mean? Acting jobs that are hard to find, and you know you could have done a, easily done a self tape and blah blah blah. Yeah. Unnecessary auditions. Let's uh, put it under that category, should we say? If you're a production company out there and you are listening to this, take it from us now. If you could save yourself some funding, money, resources, and even energy to do it over self tape or via Zoom or anything like that, especially during this difficult time, do it because of stuff like this and don't leave it to last minute. So unnecessary auditions, Dan, is getting the big kick up the arse and rejected out of this audition Stop room. sending me auditions to be a dancer. I don't want to be a dancer. <laughs> we are one for one on the Reject or Recall podcast and we have still got some auditions to get through. And no, we're not keeping anyone waiting. We are on time, unlike the audition story that you've told us. So who is the second auditionee for us today, Daniel? And why are you rejecting it? It leads on from the last one um, because... This is like a personal one because I've had so much bad luck with them. But um, I'm going to put up agents. Oh, okay. This um, some people are probably listening to this. It's like I'm an acting agent. I, the pitchforks are ready. It's like I'm coming for you, Dan. It's like well, it's you like... should have signed me, you Wally. <laughs> but please go into more detail because I'm sure loads of people in the industry have had a rant about an agent at some point yeah i just think it's um for me like uh, well and i mean as you as you know and anybody who's gone to drama school or um or whatever like getting an agent is really really difficult because they always say you know you need to have something that somebody else doesn't have like a unique selling point and stuff and i just think the fact that that's so hard to find is tough enough anyway without having to like if you have an agent you've got a better chance at at least getting an audition if you're on your own then you probably because i found this with spotlight on right spotlight they always you know how they, they always say like 
Spotlight is like the main acting job page, right? Yeah. But you need to have an agent, else you won't get seen. It might be different for you, but the amount of jobs I've applied for on Spotlight, and I never, never, ever got one callback or anything like that. So I totally agree with the sense, like, in the Spotlight, yeah, it is so convenient for agents because I remember when I had my first meeting with an agent while I was still at university, mm. and he was basically saying that I had to be on Spotlight if I was going to join the agency because what they used to do back in the olden days or the somewhat golden age of um, the arts, darling, is that agents would have these big, massive books and let you have like 10 pages of people's names beginning with A. So literally, they would have to flick through, like casting directors had to go through these big books to find people and obviously not seeing a picture or resume or anything like that, just the bare bones. So yeah, Spotlight is essential in that sense, which makes it very easy. But the point that you're making about like, especially if you're a solo performer, like not represented by anybody, and like you're going on Spotlight. I, I've had it. I've applied for a few jobs through Spotlight when I was um in between agents. And I was just like, like you say, you don't get any uh, acknowledgement to say that you've sent an email or that say thank you for applying. It's just... It's just bonkers. It's very like, frustrating, but... and it's like, do I even exist? Like the amount of times I've like had to like send myself emails just to make sure my emails are working. <laughs> um, it's just I don't know. So like as a young actor, just leaving, just leaving university, I think it, it, it is quite it's quite frustrating for a young actor to to even get an agent. I don't know about you, but like you kind of send off, you know, your 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 CV and you know covering letters and stuff. Or oh, please may you represent me. The amount of like times you never even get a acknowledgement mm-hmm. back is just ridiculous. In my view, I just think at least tell me if you uh, if your books are even open. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. I mean, I've written the question on my notes. Are they really worth it? If I was on my own, I'd still be like. If I wasn't represented, I'd still be submitting myself for jobs. I'm basically my own agent, if that makes sense. And I'm like, well. Are they really worth it? And like, they obviously they some some agents they take ten percent of your pay or whatever like that. So I'm like, I don't know if they're worth it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. In terms of agents, like this was a question as you were saying all of this. I wanted to ask you: Do you feel like there's too much pressure, especially on acting graduates, people in colleges who are studying drama, to get an agent? Because I hear this so many times from people: Oh, it's no point being an actor if you haven't got an agent. And I'm just like, hang on. I know loads of people who have done well without representation. Like yourself, you were saying that I was applying myself for jobs and everything. So, what's your opinion on that? Do you think there's too much pressure? I do, and I don't. I think there's not enough um, awareness, if you like, that a lot of actors don't have an agent. So I think there needs to be some sort of um, go-between. Actors that do have an agent are more likely to get that acting job or audition, let's say, than me because I don't have an agent. If that makes sense, I kind of think there needs to be from you know casting directors a little bit more sort of not necessarily sympathy, but like. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, he doesn't have an agent, but he still might be good for the role. Do you know what I mean? Because, I mean, yeah. take a look at my showreel. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, I've sent you my showreel. I've, I've applied. Look at the stuff I've done before. Take a look at my actor's profile. Just because I don't have an agent doesn't mean that I might not be good for the role. And if, you know, I turn up and do the audition and I'm not good for the role, at least you've seen me. Do you know what I mean? Um, I just think that it's a little bit unfair in my view that it's 
you know actors that are lucky enough to i think because i think it is luck to be honest as well part of it like if you're lucky enough that an agent wants to sign you then great for me like i've had a lot of unlucky moments with agents so i think i'm a bit more um annoyed about it because i've got two examples um I've got two stories that, you know, I'd like to, well, to share, really. So the first one, like, um, so um, obviously this was just after university. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if you remember, we I was doing that old man's gift show with uh, Sarah and our friend Lawrence and Sarah. Yeah, a cracking show it was. Oh, thank you. Uh, so before we went to Edinburgh, because we, we went to the Edinburgh Fringe with that. But before we did that, we went to um, the Royal Welsh College of music and drama in Cardiff. I thought, oh, that'd be a good opportunity to, you know, invite some, you know, Wales-based agents. So I did, and um, yes, they actually came. And they they saw. Um, he was like, yeah, yeah, we'll come and we'll come and watch you and see what's what. Um, but so he watches Old Man's Gift. Whilst we're in Edinburgh, then I didn't really hear anything. So I thought I'll just, you know, give him an email. It turns out, oh yeah, you know, so and so does want to meet you. I think it was the receptionist or his secretary or whatever. I don't know. Uh, was, oh yeah, he does want to meet you. You know, when can you do? You know, I said, like, oh well, when I get back from Edinburgh, how would you, how about we um do a meeting? So I set up this meeting with this agent. He was like, yeah, yeah, great. And he was like, oh, you know, I I saw something in you that um you know I, I yeah I think you'd be great. You know, I I think you could be quite marketable as it were. And I was like, oh great, yeah, that's fantastic. And it seemed quite promising, and it seemed like he wanted to sign me. I was like, oh great, great. Because at the time I was filming flatmates with hijinks theatre. I can't remember if you. You, you remember flatmates? Yeah, yeah, I, I remember flatmates. I was at the premiere. Oh, were you? I, guess, I can't remember. It was a few years ago, um, so you are let off. If you type in on YouTube, um, flatmates, hijinks theatre, it's all there. It's funny. Go and watch it. Um, anyway, so he seemed interested, uh, you know, that I was working with hijinks and stuff. So he said, well, I won't sign you yet. I want to see how hijinks come, uh, the flatmates comes along. So um, I was like, oh, great. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so I even invited him to the um, premiere that, you know, you went to. Um, and then I didn't hear anything. So I thought, oh, you know, I'll send another follow-up email because I've still got a few weeks to go. Um, just so in me, I, you know, just wondering if you'd got my email, blah, blah, blah. Still didn't hear anything at all. And basically, yeah, that was pretty much that. I heard nothing from him ever <laughs> again. I don't understand what happened. <laughs> he kind of just buggered off basically i don't know i i this is when i was like i was like oh, should i just email myself just to make sure my email is working and stuff because yeah i don't understand in that meeting he's giving you all this praise and approval and telling you stuff you want to hear and everything and it seems like you were signed there and there but obviously not officially sort of thing so a couple of years go by and i'm just like applying for stuff myself on mandy actors getting a few auditions and you know jobs and whatever and i can't remember what year this was I think I just left Spa at the time, actually, because obviously I had to um, take some part-time work uh, at Spa. So anyway, uh, so I see an advert for a, um, I, I think it was on Facebook. The rest in actor, as they whatever, say. For a new agency that was just setting up. Oh, that, that might actually be um, up my street because they'd want loads of actors to get their books filled. It, it's not like I was going to an agency that's already got actors this was a new company being set up, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, great. You know, I applied for that. And I applied for it, sent off everything, you know, my showreel and my CV and whatever. And a couple of days later, I, I get an email back saying, oh, yeah, um, we liked your application. Um, would you like to come for a meeting? I was like, oh, great. Yeah, that's fine. Um, the meeting was in Chapter Arts Centre, actually, funnily enough. I meet them at Chapter Arts Centre and um, it was two It was two people. Um, it was like a co uh, you know co i don't want to say co-production because that's not the right terminology but you know it was 
two people doing this company, if that makes sense. It was a collaboration. Yeah, collaboration, that's it. Yeah, I couldn't rethink of the word. We got there in the end. I gold sight marling. I think one of them had like an acting background and a directing background, and the other had a background in business, if that makes sense. So like, yeah, yeah. do the yeah, admin yeah. side whilst the other put you forward for jobs and this meeting went really well and then we he had his he had my application up on his laptop and we watched my sh- which was really weird we watched my show reel together and i was like mm-hmm. you know when you do when you show somebody a video and you like you just check in to see if they like it and stuff yeah. so anyway it seemed really promising i i you know it, it was promising a lot of stuff and um you know we can put you forward for this that and the other and i was like okay and it seemed quite promising like i say because they were a new company i had more chance of getting signed um which i did of course and i ended up being on their books and i was on their website and everything for a while it was good i, I obviously didn't get any work but at least i was getting put forward for auditions and going on auditions i was like oh great this yeah. is this is good and then all of a sudden <laughs> it just stopped and out of the blue then um i got an email saying um oh we've had a bit of trouble personal trouble um and i won't say what the trouble is because it's it basically the police got involved but um what did you do you mean they were hot (laughs) so i was like oh that sounds quite serious and basically the thing that happened to them stopped them from being agents basically um right because i remember we had a whatsapp group a random whatsapp group with all the other actors that were on their books and like we were texting each other saying "Do do you know what's going on have you heard anything blah 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 why haven't they put me up for an audition lately or whatever um and it was just like there's me talking to these strangers on whatsapp <laughs> as actors do in it and it was ages matt honestly it was ages that i didn't hear anything at all um and it was a good like i'd say six months before it was probably in the new year before i heard anything and they were like oh you know um we're doing meetings again um would you like to come in for another meeting blah 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 just to make sure you know you still want to be represented i was like, oh yeah that's fine you know i, I still want to be represented by you um blah 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 and much like the first story, that was the last thing I ever heard from them ever again. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't understand why I get such bad luck with agents. Yeah, I honestly heard nothing from them, right? And then um, a couple of years go by, I think probably about a year goes by, um, and I I was on the train to Wolverhampton to start my Aladdin pantomime. So this was... Mm, what day uh what day did this start? Uh, i think it was like october 2019 so a good okay, like okay. O- over a year has passed now i think uh since since i heard anything from them <laughs> i was on the train to to go to the, my first day of rehearsals and i get a random like message on messenger facebook messenger and it was one of the agents from the company i was like oh okay you know why has he messaged me and he just all of the message was hi i'm like hi uh, what else you see? That's like when you text a girl on a dating site. It's like, hi. It's like, that it? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, it was precisely like that. So I was like, is this, <laughs> is he just like randomly messaged me out of the blue? Because uh, I, I got quite excited. I thought, oh, maybe he wants to get back into contact or they want to get back into contact again. Um, so I replied, oh, hello. How's it going? Everything okay? You know, um, what's new? That sort of thing. Um, he was like, uh, I think he, because he replied, was like, oh, yeah, um, I'm fine, thank you. Everything okay with you? I'm like, yeah. And that was it. And I was like, I don't think he actually meant to message me. I think he meant to message one of his friends or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say maybe like sat on his phone and it gave like a predicted text or something. He's just like, oh, whoops. I just think for me personally, I just had a lot of 
Um, I didn't have much luck with agents. I was quite unlucky, obviously, with the first mm. story and this story, just not really going anywhere. I was, yeah, I'm destined not to have an agent, basically. And some actors and some people involved in the arts just work better without an agent. Like some people I know have said, like, I just don't agree with the idea of an agent because, like, you're not in control of what you can and can't get. Then other people, which I can understand the flip side of the coin, is where they said, but they can get you in certain rooms that you would not be able to get into yourself, which I completely get that. Everything you, you've said, I think, is a really good value point. I completely agree with you. But I'm not going to reject agents completely. So I'm going to give it a recall. But like I said, just because something gets a recall doesn't mean it can't get rejected later. So meaning that people still can have their own opinions about it. So I understand. But like I said, they can be useful and have validation for certain people. But I will reject the concept that you have to have an agent. Okay. So there is so much pressure on performers within the industry. And not just that, it's just like there are other things, whether you're a writer, whether you're into some other field that is involves creativity and you can have an agent through that business. It's just not a massive thing that you need to have. Yeah, I, I, there's another thing I wanted to discuss as well, um, because I was yeah, having okay. this conversation, actually, with my friend Matthew, who I do my Stod, uh, my Star Trek podcast with. Stodcast, it's a new format. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> because obviously I went to college with him, and uh, he, he almost came to Trinity, actually. Um, I think he applied for it. Or, I don't oh, know. did he? If, if Matt's watching, Matt, did you apply for Trinity? I don't know. And we were having this discussion about showreels, and you know how, like, showreels, a lot of people, casting directors or agents, don't really like to look at showreels that have clips of you in theater or has always has to be like screen stuff yeah. it's like well if you're just an actor starting out like all of your stuff's just been on stage unless you do what we did and we, we i mean we did have um film module but that was it like it's safe to say most of our first show reels were stuff that we'd done on stage or like filmed monologue or whatever it's hard then to like unless you do stuff yourself you film yourself or you know you get done professionally or i mean i know you film stuff for me but even then that was a filmed monologue it wasn't stuff that i'd been in do you know what i mean yeah it's quite interesting isn't it just to if you want stuff of me being on telly or on screen then i'm gonna have to get the work first <laughs> do you know what i mean it's the whole saying, isn't it? It's like, so you're saying I need to get experience before I can get experience. Yeah, that is exactly it, yeah. And some people say, it's like, oh, I don't like to see footage of you in a showreel where there's no dialogue. And I disagree with this simply because I think there are some pieces that are so moving and so powerful that have no words of dialogue. I agree with that, actually, Scott. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. So it's like, I, I completely agree, like, they say they want to hear, like, your vocal tone, your variety and all that, but that's what a showreel is. You can have a clip of you speaking, then a clip of you not speaking, and a clip of you dancing. I or think, a clip... you know, you can have a showreel that has you on stage doing Shakespeare, but then you can also have a clip from you in a short film, and then you can also have a bit of a monologue, do you know what I mean? I think it is, like you say, a variety but a lot of um, people just, I will only look at a showreel that has clips of you on screen. Do you know what I mean? So it's a tough one trying to get a showreel together. Maybe that should have yeah. been one of my reject or recalls, but it's not. <laughs> so the people listening to us, like, what do you think? Like, do certain showreels need to be rejected? Do they get recalled? But one thing I will say about this is that agents get a recall, but 
take into consideration, like in a recall, you would give direction and all that. Agents, work with your actors, and also, please don't put pressure on yourselves to get one straight away. If you don't feel comfortable getting an agent, or that's not for you, you don't have to do it, guys. It's not a big deal if you don't have one. Exactly. So even though it's not getting a rejection, I feel like it's been a beneficial conversation. Final point you would like to bring on the Reject or Recall podcast, Dan. What has come into our audition space and what's it done that is annoying us? <laughs> I think this is like, again, a personal one because you might not agree with this one. But this is completely different from my first two. Um, but this always okay. annoys me and it concerns Netflix. But also um, Prime Video does this as well, I've noticed, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. So my first thing about because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Netflix and I love Amazon Prime Video. I mean, they've saved a lot of people during lockdown, mate. <laughs> um, especially like i mean not so much netflix but especially prime that are that are showing like new films straight away because people can't go to the cinema i think that's great so don't get me wrong i love netflix and love prime but the thing that annoys me right is scrolling through and like i i don't know if there is a, if there is a setting to turn it off then tell me because i can't seem to find it but you, you'll scroll through film. You look, oh, this film looks interesting. But before you could scroll to the next one, it starts playing the trailer for that film. I'm like, no, I don't want to watch the trailer. I just want to see what's there. Do you know what I mean? I think it just depends on the film, like whether they have a trailer or not. Like, I think most of the Netflix films do, but it will still play a trailer. And it's really annoying. Yeah. It really bugs me because it's like, I just want to look and see what's there. I don't really want to watch the trailer yet. If I like the idea of the story then oh yeah i'll watch the trailer but it's just annoying and it always comes on really loud and it'll just especially with the netflix originals right <laughs> this could turn into a rant it like no okay crack on bud it has like a separate screen it like makes it big and stuff and i'm like oh for goodness sake no stop and another yeah. thing right <laughs> <laughs> while i'm on the subject <laughs> do you know what annoys me about when you go onto something say like you, you continue watching on Netflix, right? If you're halfway through a, a through a thing, um, one of the things I'm watching on Netflix is Red Dwarf because I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. But I sometimes watch it on my telly and sometimes watch it on my laptop. If I'm in the bath, I watch an episode on my laptop. So sometimes my my telly will think I'm on one episode, but in fact my iPad will be on a different episode. If that makes sense. No, I completely agree. Like when you've um, left it on, like it's still registering as that episode, whereas like the TV registers. It as a different episode because that's what's loaded into the system and another thing that annoys me is like so you'll go into like you continue watching and before you could even do anything it just starts playing straight away and i'm like no i'm not ready to watch it yet i haven't even got into bed like i'm just <laughs> making it ready i like to get my film ready like say on like a saturday night i have movie night so like i'll get my film ready and then go down and get some snacks and some beer or whatever and like i'll go in to get it ready but it will start playing i'm like why like i haven't impressed anything yet like like the plot twist has already played before you've even got settled i'm like i don't know a minute yeah i don't know do you know what i mean it's annoying or like one of the things i like to do is like say for instance the current star trek series i'm watching is ds9 i like to look at the synopsis for the episode that i'm about to watch i'm like i'll just see what this episode's about but before i could get to the synopsis bit it's already started playing the episode i'm like no i'm not ready yet yeah i haven't even got my jammers on i'm still here just like naked not you know (laughs) i was gonna say it's like i'm gonna watch this 
in the nude. <laughs> I haven't put my candles on. I haven't pulled my beer. I haven't, you know, stop. Just I'll play it when I'm ready. When you were saying about the trailers, it it's almost like, remember, for those of you who are old enough to remember Blockbuster Video, you would go and have a look. It was such an easier time then. Like, yes, I know. You were basically paying to rent a video or whatever or a game or whatever and you didn't know anything about it. The only thing was on the back, the description. If you like the idea of it, cool, you rented it. If not, then it um, stayed on the shelf. But like you say, it, it does happen to me. I'm just like, hang on, stop, stop a minute. And I can't remember what it was. Like, I understand they want to show you a trailer to see if you like it. But give us the choice to watch the trailer because, like, like me, I like to have a look at the description first, and if yeah. it engages me, I will then watch the trailer to see if it piques my interest. I'm like, okay, you've still got me gripped. Now I'm gonna click on the thing. So yeah, Netflix, Amazon, give us a chance, will you? Honestly, you you go onto a film and it plays the strip trailer straight away, and it's so annoying. Like you, I'm the same as you. I need to I need to read the description first. I even look to see who's in it first. I even like to look at the um, rating because I know Amazon Prime has the IMDb rating as well. Yeah. Um, I want to watch the trailer last, basically. I don't want to watch the trailer first. It's annoying. But mm. like even even if you're not in, so say if you like you're scrolling through genres, it will still start playing a trailer from like a random film that you don't even. It's not even from the genre that you want to say watch. no. When you're going into the cinema, like they're always playing like some sort of music, like either from films or just like popular music or whatever. Like you got your popcorn, you get your snacks, and you're trying to find your seat and everything. And the film you're going to watch, they randomly start playing the trailer for that film. Could you imagine if that actually happened? So like, yeah, this is a film I'm going to start watching when it starts playing but if the trailer just plays before you're even sat down or before you've even had a chance to sort yourself out i'm just like ah god i know i'm going to watch this film anyway so stop showing me the trailer for it ah so annoying man it never has what you want no matter how much is on there it never has what you want and i saw on there yeah black adult is on netflix but it only has two series Yes, I know what you mean, actually, because I've just realised, yes, a couple of, yeah, back like in early lockdown, sorry to get excited, back in like the f- original <laughs> lockdown, I thought, oh, I've, I, I'm going to watch, because I, I, I've always watched Blackadder Goes Forth before the originals, like the, the yeah, first ones. Yeah. And I know what you mean, yeah, I know what you're about to say. Why is it that you're only putting a certain amount of series on at a time and then taking stuff off? It's just like, what, what is wrong with you? I don't, and how, it can't be a rights issue. Because it's the same bloody series. It's the same with Only Fools and Horses, if you've noticed. Like, it only has, like, yes. season series one, two, and three. And then the specials, it doesn't have the season five, six, or seven. I think it has series four, actually. It might not. I don't know. But again, it's been changing constantly. Like, it was one to three, then it was three to five, or then, I don't know. But, yeah, they just keep changing it up. I don't understand why. Because at the moment, obviously, I'm, I'm watching Red Dwarf, but Netflix only has the first eight series of red dwarf because i know then they went to dave and they've made more series since then but they they don't netflix doesn't have those so i'm like well where do i watch that 
the rest. Mm. It's like you get to the end of the series. Well, <laughs> there is more, but I can't because Netflix doesn't have it. <laughs> you encourage binge watching Netflix and Amazon. So why aren't you letting me watch my classic show? Are you trying to say I watch Only Fools and Horses too much or Blackadder too much? Fuck you then, Netflix. So I think in total, to summarise this whole point that we've um, been talking about, is where streaming services try and jump ahead before you're even ready to actually watch the thing you want to watch. It's like, a, like I've made a point about Blockbuster. It's like, you, you'd be really annoyed if you picked up a video and then all of a sudden the, the screen just pops out of the case. It's like, do you want to watch this video? No, not now. I'm scared. Rejected from the business, rejected for everyone's binge watching luxuries and from lockdown. So yeah, Netflix, Amazon. Give us a chance to get sorted before we watch. And if we want to watch it, we'll click on it. Oh, or give yeah. me a setting that I can turn off that bit because it's just so frustrating. If anyone's listening and you know if there's a setting on any of these streaming services, please let us know because we might just be old men and we don't know. Yeah, I mean, we are <laughs> old men, but like, yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you agree, though. I'm glad it gets rejected. Yay. Daniel, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for coming on, buddy. It's been a privilege talking to you as always. But before we finish off and before we pull the curtain down on this podcast, Dan, is there anything left you would like to plug before we go? Any podcasts that you do or any where that we can find your acting sites or your show reels or anything that you want to play. This is my time to shine. Um, <laughs> yes, the I would like. Spotlight is on you. <laughs> so the people that um, for the people that know me and the people that don't know me, um, I'm a big fan of Star Trek, um, and I have mentioned it in this episode. Uh, I currently um, host along with my best friend, well, one of my best friends, Matt, who is a fellow Star Trek fan. We um, we are doing a podcast um and it's also like it's on youtube as well so you can watch us as well rather than listen to us if that's your thing um and we discuss um everything star trek so if you are a star trek fan or if you are a sci-fi fan even because there are some episodes that aren't just based on star trek there are other episodes that are based on sci-fi stuff um or if you're just a fan of podcasts about friends just rambling for about an hour and a half. Our podcast is called Matt and Dan in the House of Quark. Um, that is Q-U-A-R-K for those who don't know how to spell it. Um, it's Matt and Dan in the House of Quark. You can find us on Facebook at M&DHQ. Um, I'm trying to remember what Matt says at the end of our podcast. I can't really remember. Um, or you can find us on Spotify, uh, Matt, Matt and Dan in the House of Quark, uh, or on YouTube at Matt and Dan in the House of Quark. Honestly, guys, I highly recommend going to listen to that because you get to hear more of Dan's lovely voice and you just get to see his great friend and also fellow filmmaker and creative Matt. Thank we you talk so about much Star Trek. <laughs> Yeah, would you talk about Star Trek? I think that was quite clear. So it was Star Wars, yeah? <laughs> if you would like to stay tuned with the Reject or Recall podcast, I will be uploading a new episode every Monday. And remember, when in doubt, jazz hands. And because we have to finish talking about Star Trek, I will end with Live Long and Prosper. Oh, thank you. That's how we end our podcasts, actually, uh, Scott. Yeah, Live Long and Prosper. Prosper.